We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to The Reload here on Prediction, the eSports Video Talk Show Network. I hope that everyone has enjoyed their morning. I hope everyone's feeling, you know, somewhat invigorated. And I'll be honest, I woke up today feeling refreshed. I woke up feeling dangerous. Yes, that's right. My Browns took a huge game this past Sunday versus the Ravens. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy for those who follow the NFL. Well, you totally understood what I just said. If not, hey, no worries. Hopefully everyone, regardless, uh, is having success in, in multitudes of different ways, whether it's personal success, if you're living through different professional teams like myself, it's fine. You get you get the gist of it, but I hope that everyone is having a fantastic day today. Um, and for those that may be listening to this later on, if you're not live with us, you may be listening on iTunes, Spotify, etc., Welcome to you. If you're interested in joining us live and being involved in the chat, you can join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Again, that's twitch.tv slash prediction esports. That's prediction with two E's. Prediction offers the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects about all of the latest and greatest esports from the NBA 2K Games to Overwatch to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate to Dota, esports news and business, Call of Duty. We literally cover it, pretty much all of it for the most part. And uh, we're looking to even expand after that, kind of continue to rapidly expand each and every day. So feel free to let us know what game or what subject you'd like us to try to dive into uh, on social media. Like I said, feel free to tweet at us at Prediction with two E's or at myself at 
Lando. Guys, we've got a great show uh, for you today, right? Two official franchises have announced their starting rosters. How do they compare and where will they stack up versus the other rumored teams? Uh, also, talking about Call of Duty and the NBA. Yes, for those who know myself, I like to use a lot of similarities to the NBA. Very close um, to kind of that area, if you will, in terms of sports. So I want to talk about those and maybe kind of talk about the future of which how Call of Duty can kind of dive in to the ideas that the NBA has has implemented and how they can kind of learn from one another, if you will, which I know is an interesting subject, but it's one that I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about. Um, also, a few other things that have been kind of going on before we dive into the roster talk for the CDL. Uh, who else enjoyed the Overwatch League finals? Yeah, right. The, rather, the San Francisco Shock. Uh, ended up taking a pretty dominant win. And the reason why I bring this up is not just because of the Activision Blizzard kind of comparison, but just in terms of there were a lot of people from the Call of Duty scene who were watching this event and thinking, what's next for us, right? Can we see a stage similar to this? Can we eventually get to the point where Call, Call of Duty looks like this? They have 12,000 live people in a venue who are all you know, more than excited to kind of root on their different fan bases, root on their different teams. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I personally really um, was watching that a decent amount to kind of get a little bit of an idea uh, for how maybe Call of Duty could look, you know, in the future. If we have a similar finals format, I think it'd be very interesting. Uh, also, did anybody, I know this is kind of going at the same time, so I, I personally had two different browsers up at once trying to watch the Overwatch League finals along with uh, the Black Ops 2 throwback. Uh, shout out to the Rod Squad for walking away with it, not going to lie. Was really hoping that uh, 6 out of 7, a.k.a. Karma, Clay, Aches, and Krim would win that just purely off of nostalgia for those who did get to watch it. It was a Black Ops 2 throwback tournament done by the TST guys. Obviously, Hitch, very well known in the scene, uh, but a big shout out to, uh, obviously, himself, Blake, and George for putting that on along with the Movember crew uh, at the Esports Stadium. That was a, a lot of fun to watch. Really enjoyed it. Also, some big news that's kind of been going on this morning uh, is Call of Duty Mobile, right? It's officially out. I know a few different people uh, in the mobile scene who have been very, uh, very adamant about saying how it has a lot of potential. It has a really good opportunity to really start to uh, to grow a decent amount. Um, and really kind of what, from what I've seen, it, it really looks fantastic. Like I know they've kind of brought in a collaboration of some of the best maps, some of the best weapons, of all time and kind of throwing them into what seems to be a fantastic game and i think it was clayster and i can actually get the uh, the official tweet right to just make sure that i don't say anything out of term um but clayster pretty much just said i know it's two completely different developers and stuff but cod mobile launching with the fully fleshed out ranked mode is the biggest slap in the face i've actually become so jaded that it's expected at this point but come on man so obviously clayster a lot of professional players are out there watching and seeing how call of duty on mobile is thriving and even implementing a rank system a competitive rank system off the start, which like I said, if you're a Call of Duty competitive fan, that, that hurts a little bit. Obviously, it hurts Clayster, kind of hurts myself just because the opportunity is there. It's just why, why, why have we not done it? I'm sure there's a logistical reason that someone could try to explain to me. But uh, regardless, I'm excited for the COD Mobile launch, despite whether or not you like mobile esports, if you have a passion for it or anything like that. Uh, there is a real history or a real p potential, rather, I should say. Uh, for mobile esports, just the way that it is. And uh, if Call of Duty happens to dive into that, you know, I, I really wouldn't have a problem with it, to be honest with you. I think it could be somewhat interesting. 
But let's go ahead and dive in. Right? Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and hop on into the the main subjects for today. And like I said, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, etc., if you're not watching this live, no problem. But if you see me interacting with the chat, asking people questions, just know that if you are in the chat with us, uh, we will be able to converse that way. So if you hear me read off someone's random name, you may be thinking, "Who who is he talking to?" There's no one I'm I'm hearing. Is, is something going on? I'm just interacting with the live chat. But guys, let me know first. Lineup, looking at you, Twitch chat. Um, thoughts on the New York roster. What are we thinking about these kind of group, or rather this group of five, um, as it was announced pretty much over the last few days. And I believe um, from last week's episode, I don't think that anyone was confirmed. Um, so this will be kind of a, a new feeling. We've yet to talk on the New York roster outside of speculation um, kind of throughout this last week. So for those that have not seen it, uh, the New York roster is Zuma, Temp, Accuracy, Zero, and Attach. Uh, I see um, Franklin NYC, maybe maybe no uh, no prior ties, right, with the, with the NYC tag at the end, but uh, saying taking home chips for sure. Love to see it. Um, but the one thing that I do like about the New York roster is instantly you look at these five guys on paper, and what I see is chemistry. Now, the one that people are instantly going to point out when it comes, if I say the word chemistry and you look at those five guys on paper, it's going to be Attach and Zuma, right? Five different Call of Duty titles that they've played in, stretching all the way back to Advanced Warfare. They've played in over 30-plus events with each other. Um, they've won four major championships. And uh, like I said, these two have just been, you know, a solidified duo for the longest I mean, the absolute longest amount of time. So it's it's great to kind of watch these guys be back alongside each other. Uh, the reason why they had to split was right because of FaZe's ability to not qualify for the Pro League. And during that time, we saw, you know, what, Crowder pretty much go to 100 Thieves. We saw Priesta go to 100 Thieves. We saw Attach go to Evil Geniuses. Uh, and during that time, Zuma stayed on FaZe where he met Zero, right? One of his teammates here in New York, right? Zero and Zuma played together kind of throughout the remainder of the year. They finished fourth at Anaheim. They finished third at the Pro League playoffs and really kind of showed a lot of their skill set to the point where a lot of people had them moving forward uh, when it came down to champs and obviously didn't end out necessarily by any means the way that they wanted. Um, but still, obviously, there's some chemistry that not that doesn't just exist with attention Zuma and also does exist with Zero and Zuma as well. Now, next we have Temp and Accuracy, right? Played at the start of the year on Splice together. They, look, they pretty much looked fantastic after the first two events. They finished third at Las Vegas, second at Fort Worth. Uh, and then, obviously, as time went on, after a slow finish in London where they finished top 12, um, Accuracy was sent to the bench. So, you know, you could talk about possible issues with that. But, you know, they've played with each other. We'll just kind of roll in with that. Uh, and during that time, right, when Accuracy wasn't in the starting lineup, he later ventured over to Evil Geniuses for the rest of the year, where he met Attach. You see how all the points are connecting. Attach and Accuracy played at the end of the year, uh, what, out together on Evil Geniuses, where they finished top eight at Champs. And for those who have kind of known more about friendships and stuff like that, kind of behind the scenes in terms of Call of Duty, uh, you would know that there is a lot of chemistry that exists here. These guys have been friends for a very, very long time. I mean, going back to early days of locals before they were professional players, et cetera, et cetera. So attach and accuracy, a lot of history there. Now, I've gotten some flack whenever I talk about chemistry instantly because people always are like why are you talking so much about chemistry like it doesn't it doesn't matter chemistry isn't as important as you think it is and for me the reason why this is one of the most important parts about a franchise is that you have to consider 
not just the the teams that exist, uh, the Goliaths that kind of exist around the other side, the rumored lineups of um, what the, the rumored lineups of Chicago, the rumored lineups of L.A., the rumored lineups of Atlanta, etc. Um, but you also have to consider the future, right? People have yet to realize what franchising is all about. It is a multiple year investment, decade long investment is the term that I've been using. The people who are investing in this expect for it to go for 10, 11, 12, 13. They want it to go on for as long as professional sports go on for, right? They want to try to make their money back as much as as much as they can. And that's going to come from years and years and years. And so for me, the, the important aspect about it is that you're building a foundation with your first ever franchise team. That, that's what you're doing. You're building, a, you're building a foundation and you're moving on from that. And the reason why I think that chemistry is so important is because of longevity, right? You want to have these players on your team for a while, right? There's a good chance that a lot of the players that are out there right now won't be moving from their teams for years. That's an S at the end, not for a year, for years. So making sure you've got a group of guys together that not only want to play with one another, but will work together for the long haul is everything, right? Through multiple titles, through, you know, and this is something that we've taught, that we've seen, you know, with even the Optic Dynasty, right? This is, this is nothing new that we're talking about right now. The Optic Dynasty, who were at the absolute pinnacle of Call of Duty Esports, complexity slash EG, at the absolute pinnacle they still had internal problems. And I know there's, there's been talk about organizations for Cole slash EG. I know previously it's, it's been kind of talked about how that could have been a problem. A majority of it came from internal problems. And despite being at the absolute top, even teams struggled with each other then. So if that starts to trickle down and you're not seeing as much success as they will, and no, no team for a long time will probably see as much success as those two rosters, but even those teams struggled with chemistry and struggled by being with each other for the long haul. So that's for me why it's so important to value chemistry more is because it's going to take some time and you have to be aware of those things. That's that's the reason why I've been so adamant about talking on the idea of chemistry, talking on the idea of wanting to have guys who can work together for, like I said, a long period. Now I want to let you guys know about something that I've been diving into more suits i've been needing a nice suit recently and i instantly went to indochino having a nice suit that fits well is literally everything it can instill a newfound confidence and it never hurts to have one for the right occasion i've also had a great experience with indochino and even their prices which are out of this world low seriously i'm not lying it's actually incredible how cheap their suits are Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is, like I said, they're affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. You can get measured and design your own suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. 
When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time consuming. It can be expensive. There's so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. I have personally never had any issues with them, and they've always been incredibly great about making sure that I know when my orders are going to arrive. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. It makes them incredibly easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Blue Wire podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in blue that's shipstation.com then enter offer code blue shipstation.com make ship happen so going back to new york right i know i kind of ventured off casually on, a, on, another, on another subject but uh, on the new york side right they've got experience they've got pre-existing chemistry which is always going to be nice um and i think that the pace of the game as well could possibly be on their side because out of the announced teams, which are Minnesota, London, and New York, now these aren't like full lineups, at least in terms of Minnesota, but for the teams that have announced anyone in terms of players, you notice that all three of these teams are following a similar pattern. Everyone's going for a slow-paced main AR, right? Minnesota is going with the salt. Slow year throughout Black Ops 4. Prior to that in World War II, champs MVP. Um, right, London going with rated. Slow year in Black Ops 4, visited multiple rosters fantastic player in world war ii accuracy right a slower year in black ops 4 we already talked about kind of had a, a great beginning uh with splice at the start of the season he later visits the bench he goes to eg and never really kind of finishes in, in, the, in a grand finals opportunity like he did in world war ii under tk where he won multiple championships during that title that could very well work out for all of these teams if the pace of the game will be slower or if it caters more to the slow assault rifle type play. Um, so I kind of get this move from, from New York. And I don't think it's a bad one, right? I know they kind of have uh, zero in accuracy who come from many our backgrounds. I think the accuracy will probably fill that gap. Um, but still, even, even still yet, I think that this could work out extremely well for them. So I think not only the chemistry, not only the history, um, but also the pace of the game can very much benefit a multitude of teams, including... New York. Now, what is my biggest issue with New York? I feel like I've only talked about positives with this lineup, um, and I have to be careful with this, but I am aware of internal conflicts. I, I think for me, this is something realistic to be somewhat worried about, because like I said, franchising is different than what we have expected before. Um, it's something new, and it's something that has to be carried on for for a while. Um, 
So let's go and talk about it, right? The elephant in the room for me, it's Tim, right? You have to be aware of this guy. And I'm just going to lay out the history. I'm going to let the, the history do the talking. I'm just going to read off what we all know is 100% true. So Tim's history, as he's came back from, you know, finally turning the age of 18, he came, what, toward the end of Infinite Warfare, played under straight ripping at champs, and kind of the, the outlying issue that I've really heard since that team, um, kind of the issue that I've seen with that team since um, has been issues with Dashi. That, that, that was kind of the, the overall idea of how things kind of worked was internal issues with Dashi, um, didn't really enjoy working or playing alongside each other. So that for me is something that you kind of have to be aware of. Um, and later on, right, joins kind of alongside the MLG World Finals team under Team Envy with Slasher at the start of the year. The team really isn't that great. Slasher leaves the team he built, later kind of talked on the internal problems the roster had, um, then kind of goes on to join Echo Fox, where there are role problems. There are internal problems with the team. They finished, I think it was top 24 at champs that year uh, with a very big personality, or rather a, a multitude of different personalities on this team, who at times looked incredible. I mean, I've never seen a team look so incredible, yet underperform so much than that Echo Fox team back in World War II. Um, so like I said, inconsistent at times, didn't, did not look great whatsoever, and obviously in and out the year on by no means a good note. Templator joins Splice, right? Consistent after the first two events, known even by the players as the most argumentative team. I was someone who had to eat my words after the first few events. I said, this Splice team will not work. And it did for the first two events, right? What, they finish um, top three and then top two up to the first two events? It was great. You know, I, I, I was like, okay, maybe these guys can work together. I thought that it may be a ticking time bomb, and eventually it was, but I was wrong in certain ways, and I'm totally willing to uh, to take that on. Um, like I said, one slow event at London where they finished top 12, instantly bringing this up. We don't want accuracy anymore. Bring in Nolson off the bench, and Splice never really got back to where they once were. Now, that's not a personal opinion, that is fact. Literally, everything I just mentioned, that is a fact. I worry about this team long-term when it comes to consistency and when it comes to possible internal problems or issues for the future. That, that is just one aspect that I, I look at this team and I say, hey, you know, five years down the road, or not, I shouldn't say five years down the road, I should say maybe like two years down the road, just to be specific when it comes in a Call of Duty. Two years down the road, are they going to be still here yet? Are, are we going to be having issues with this team? And people could say, why are you looking two years down the road? Why are you even looking a year down the road? Because like I said, franchising is different. Roster changes will be handled much more delicately because the price, the stock of every single player is higher than it has ever been, right? If you're a, a top caliber player when it comes down to pretty much anything, um, you, know, you have to be aware of that and you have to be aware of, um, you know, where the issues could arise in the future. So I like this New York team. I, I'm just aware of what could be inconsistency and I'm aware of what could be internal problems for the future. But regardless of those minor issues that they could suffer, um, I do think they have some very, very talented players on this team. I think that Zero is incredibly underrated as a player. Uh, I think that Temp is an absolute all-star. I mean, at the beginning of the year, he was looked upon as, without question, a top three player. Um, but I hope that this team is somewhat prepared for the rocky times if they start to come about. Now, let's go and move forward. Um, when it comes down to the London uh, roster, 
The one thing that I do like about this London team, for those who have not seen it, right, you've got Wuskin, you've got Scraps, Dillinger, and Rated. Um, chemistry, I like this team a lot, right? Because obviously you don't just have the Wuskin and Scraps, the brother duo, right? They played under Fnatic. Uni Lattice jump off, or rather kind of jumpstart their careers. You've got Coach Joe and Rated's history. You've got Dylan and Wuskin alongside Coach Shane. The chemistry is there, and I think, you know, Based on how the European scene works, um, I think that they're a lot closer than other communities like North America. And so I think these guys are going to be able to mesh very well with one another. And I don't think there's really going to be an on-ban out like there are rumored to be with other teams. Um, and I think what last week we covered Scraps, Dylan, and Wuskin together. And I want to kind of speak more on this time uh, about Jared and Rated being added to this team. Now, the one thing, and I, and I actually tweeted this out instantly um, when it came down to the additions, um, was when Jared was announced to be joining alongside the London crew. I said, this is a power move that, that for me was a big power move, um, that London ended up making, right? They add in someone who I would consider to be Mr. Consistent, an incredibly talented, fast paced player. What a legendary figurehead amongst the EU COD scene. For me, he fills what I would label as the karma role and for those who could be a little bit surprised by that they some people may kind of get when i'm mentioning whenever i i say the karma role but you're pretty much putting in a safety valve when you've got jared right if, if you're looking at top tier players and every once in a while they're not going to have a good map the one positive is that you have someone who is always there the foundation is raised when other players are starting to kind of underperform Jared is one of those guys who I think instantly steps in and makes this team you know m maybe a little more consistent if you will in terms of you know, how the maps are working on in terms of how the future could be playing out as well. So I think it's great to have layers. And that's one thing that I think Jared adds to this lineup. And you kind of know what you're going to get from him, right? It's, it's no surprise what you're going to get in terms of his role, in terms of his positioning. Plus, you think about, okay, we've got Jared. And then you look forward and you say, oh, God, they've also got, <laughs> they've also got Dylan, right? So he's going to be alongside Dylan, which will be absolutely terrifying i mean it will be it's it's a straight up terrifying uh duo toward the front lines in terms of smgs this will be a duo that if if they do end up you know playing alongside each other in terms of roles which i know can kind of change up from title to title um but that smg front will strike fear in other teams it just absolutely will and i think this was a, a very smart move for london to make to bring him over from splice slash toronto uh it was key and i think it does add another scary piece now, the next team, or rather the next player uh, that I do want to try and bring up uh, was someone who actually did receive a little bit of flack on, on, on Reddit. I actually noticed this. When the London team was announced, I saw a few people talking and saying, hey, maybe we um, should have reevaluated the idea of picking up Rated, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there was a rumor that this was um, not going to be happening. Uh, there was a rumor that it could be, that he could be on the bench. Um, would he be in the starting lineup? And obviously he will be in the starting lineup. And I think it's an interesting move, and I, and I don't really mind it, to be honest with you. Um, some people kind of gave flack, like I said, to this on Reddit. But when you kind of look at the, how the other teams are working and bringing in slower ARs, um, he had a fantastic year in World War II. And then you look at Black Ops 4, and you could say, well, he started to kind of trickle off a little bit. You have to be aware of when players are visiting multiple teams, it is hard to see consistency. It is hard to have a player you know, constantly perform when they're running from organization to organization. He started off on Red Reserve, which we knew was there was a fiasco with that. He goes to denial. We know there was a fiasco with that. He ventures off to units. And then, like I said, with, with a constant new feeling to a team with a constant new location, 
I think it's understandable. I think it absolutely is understandable for him to have a, a shakier year whenever you're constantly visiting multiple rosters. I think that makes, at least in my opinion, a lot of sense. Um, and then, like I said, you look at his play earlier on uh, in World War II, and it was fantastic, right? The numbers in World War II, which I know will be heavily favored toward ARs, but still, you talk about he was top 12 in respawn KD. He was seventh in hardpoint time. He was seventh in hardpoint KD. I mean, despite how the numbers will correspond more with assault rifle players he was still up there he was still up there with the method rather with the methods of the world he was up there with the slashers of the world the dominant ars he was in those same conversations with them and so while you could say oh my gosh the ars are so heavily favored in that game regardless i think that it does kind of set up for a lot of success and uh, I am excited to kind of see exactly how the roles will work out on this team and kind of see exactly how everything will, will manage to kind of play out um, and I see Craig Brown uh, in the chat saying uh, add or, or rather and Shane Jared old school chemistry that's very true good point to bring up uh, Dylan Jared SMG and scraps behind them as the flex that's just scary totally agree and that's one thing that I'm glad that that, uh, that Craig Brown brings up because all in all the way that I look at this team I think that they will succeed a lot more based on the pace of the game i think if it's faster it actually works better for london because of the same point that, that we're seeing in the chat the same kind of point that i think as well is that if you have two fast players who are just out of this mind incredible reactions like jared and dylan plus you have a scraps behind them i mean that's that's an instant key for success you put those guys in black ops 4 together and you're going to get tons of numbers i mean you're going to get crazy crazy statistics and and just really a lot of, of issues that teams are going to have to try and deal with. So I think for me, the pace of the game will really kind of decide how this works. I'm excited to see Wuskin and Raider together when it comes down to the ARs, because I think for a slower paced game, it's going to benefit both of them. Um, and depending on how a few pieces adapt, I think that they actually are a great roster, depending on how a few of the reactions that I've seen. It's kind of like, you know, maybe they could be a championship contender. Maybe they're kind of in the lower tier of the top five. I think they realistically have an absolute potential to be one of the contending rosters out there. And I think that this one should be a roster that London fans should be very happy with, all things considered. I do like this team a lot. I think they've got a lot of chemistry, a lot of pre-existing chemistry. Uh, and I think that they can, you know, with the right pieces in play, and depending on how fast the game works, could see more success here or there. But I think just in general, the SMG front that this team has uh, is very, very scary. And ones that teams, like I said, are going to have to try and handle depending on how the pace of the game is starting to uh, to work out. But guys, feel free to let me know, right, in terms of how both of these teams kind of fit into the rumored lineups, where do they sit for you? I want to I ask the chat and kind of get your guys' opinion on those things, right? If you're looking at the London team based off of the rumored rosters that are out there, are they in your top five? Are they not in your top five? Maybe where do, uh, or rather, where does the New York team kind of sit amongst that? I, I've seen kind of some inconsistency when it comes down to the New York roster in terms of where a lot of people think that, um, you know, they could be. Um, Craig is talking in the chat and how he says he hopes that London ends up adding Tommy and Mad Cat as the subs. I think that'd be really cool. Might get some get some veteran leadership in there, keep it going. And, and I think any way you can kind of add to the strategics of it uh, would be great. Would be absolutely great. But um, let's go and move on, though. Let's go and move on to... I know this is going to be interesting for a lot of people because... For me, I think that Call of Duty has a very good chance to succeed. And even if you're not a fan of the NBA, or if you don't really watch the NBA, I think that these two 
very much are in line with one another. Before I kind of hop on to the next subject, I do see RP underscore red saying number one, Chicago, number two, LA, uh, rather the LA optic, number three, Atlanta, four, Dallas, five, London, six, New York. Okay, that's an interesting list. I like that a lot. And like I said, it's not really surprising to see Chicago and LA uh, amongst a lot of people's kind of top rosters, just because those, those guys on paper are very, very scary. And it's going to be interesting to kind of see how, um, you know, those rosters in comparison will work alongside each other just because it's going to be a lot of new faces. It's going to be guys who've never really kind of played alongside each other before. But I think if, you know, those organizations can handle it properly, I think that those teams, I mean, it's hard to, to not want to have them in your top three especially the way the 100 Thieves kind of battled out through the issues and the struggles. Uh, Craig as well says, London can win a championship if it clicks. I don't think New York will win a championship. Okay, I like that. I like the honesty, and I do like the uh, the call in terms of saying, hey, who is a contender versus who you don't think is a contender. Um, so I agree with that. But let's go and move on really quick because I, I know we're kind of starting to run over time a little bit, and this is the way that I work. I, I ramble on too much. I, I like Call of Duty Esports, I guess, a little bit too much than I should, and then I start to, to kind of ramble, which I guess you know kind of works out for a solo man show. But let's go and move on, right? I want to talk about Call of Duty and the NBA because I think that they are incredibly similar to one another, and I think that Call of Duty can actually see a lot of success um, if it were to follow along the same lines of the NBA, and I know a lot of people are instantly saying, okay, not interested in this, not interested in the idea of the way the NBA works, or maybe I've never watched basketball before. Just just hear me out, because I, I really do think there is something here that can actually benefit the Call of Duty League, because franchising, as we all know, is an incredibly delicate time. So the first point, and I want to compare the two, because they are way more similar than people realize. What is the major draw for the NBA, for those who don't know, or for those who do know, what is the major draw for the NBA? Why is the sport booming? Realistically, why is the sport booming? Why are people watching the NBA now more than they ever have? It's for the players. It's for the personalities, not really the teams. I mean, but why isn't it the teams, right? That, that's the biggest thing. Why are we not interested in the teams as much? Why are we not so focused on the idea of the teams over the personalities. And if you think about it for a moment, you're thinking, hey, wow, that actually is very similar to Call of Duty. I'm not really a fan of any indirect organization outside of Optic previously, but I'm kind of more of a fan of the players. And even when you think about the current Optic situation, you think that how we were never really a fan of the organization in the first place, we were more a fan of the people behind the organization. But why is that, right? Why are we no longer as big fans of teams the way that some professional sports works um, and why does that happen in the NBA at the same time? The reason why that is, is because for me at least, of how often players move. The identity of Call of Duty teams and NBA teams are always changing. It's hard to be a fan of a team when their idea and their identity is always changing. I mean, like it's hard to be a fan of someone when they're constantly bringing in new players. They're constantly moving up in the standings, moving down the standings. Whenever things are somewhat inconsistent, I don't want to be a fan of a team that I know is never going to be great because players don't want to come here. It's the way that it works as well in Call of Duty majority of the time. I want to bring up for those who do follow the NBA. Listen to the amount of players that moved in the offseason. And I know for franchising, it's different because we're entering into a new space. But just in general, we can all kind of resonate with the idea of players relocating. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler. The list goes on. Those are all 
tier one, tier two players who move to different teams in just this offseason. The reason why it's more severe in the NBA and Call of Duty is because the relationship between fan and organization is changing up so much that not always do you have a tie to your team. Not always do you have the desire to watch every game, especially when it's versus a low-caliber team. I'll be honest. I'm someone who loves the NBA. I don't watch every game, nor do I have an interest in watching my team versus a lower-caliber team. Same way that it works when it comes into Call of Duty. If you're a fan of, let's just say previously, you're a fan of the Team Envy squad and they're facing off against a run-of-the-mill random roster, do I really have an interest in watching them? Not really. No, not, not really. I don't really have that much of an interest in wanting to watch them versus a low team. However, if you tell me that we're playing Optic, if I'm an Envy fan, if you're telling me that we're playing FaZe, okay, I'm interested in that. Why am I interested? Because of the history. What's up, Optic Update? Great to, <laughs> great to see you in here, man. Shout out to Joey. But the same for me works for the NBA, right? And I want to bring up something that I find very interesting that I think actually does relate in a different way. This is, so this is a totally separate point. The, another way that I see that Call of Duty and the NBA are so similar to one another is that both games have what I label as a constant success rate, meaning Call of Duty's core principle is to what? Slay. It's, it's to eliminate the opponent. And how often does that happen? All the time. Almost every few seconds. It happens constantly. And the same works for the NBA, right? Points, the objective of the game is to score. It's happening a very good amount of the time, right? I mean, possessions, you, you score, what, on average 50% of the time? What's deemed as the objective of the game is accomplished multiple times over and over and over again. And Call of Duty works, like I said, in the exact same way. Slaying, eliminating, kills, they happen over and over and over again. It almost gets to the point where sometimes some kills don't even matter. Most of them do. But if you're looking at which kills were kind of the deciding factor, you have a lot of information that you have to dive through. You have to, you have to do a lot of digging to figure out how exactly or what moments kind of decided the game. And the same goes for the NBA as well. Was it this particular moment? And some, like I said, sometimes points don't matter in the NBA. Some points don't really carry over to the overall result. Like I said, it kind of adds to it over time. It kind of leads into this pile of which you're looking at the, the objective of the game, but it doesn't always exactly resonate with what was the defining factor behind which team ended up taking down the other. There's a lot of buildup and what it takes to finally achieve what the game would consider success. And you may be thinking, wait, okay, where's, where, where's this going? Constant success rate, which I talked about in Call of Duty and the NBA, it's rapid. It's always happening. You're always scoring. You're always killing the enemy. In other esports or in other regular sports, it doesn't work that way, right? In League of Legends, Dota, each kill, it's massive. And you can count them on one hand a majority of the time. And CS, each kill and round especially, is massive. In soccer, right, or in American football, each score means a ton, and it takes a lot to get to that success rate. There's a lot of buildup, like I said, in what it takes to finally achieve what the game would consider success. And this is my opinion on why Search and Destroy is so beloved in the community, is that it takes a totally different approach from every other game mode. Every, every kill means something in Search and Destroy, and that's the reason why I think that regular sports, in terms of, you know, the NFLs or the soccer, I know, to, to Europeans, I know football, but you kind of get my point. I'm trying to defer from one another. That's the reason why I think that they are more enjoyed as the game itself 
is because of the lack of constant success rates, because of the buildup that it took to get to that one moment while in the NBA, while in Call of Duty. It is always, it is rapid. It is happening all the time. And I think that one thing is interesting, and I want to bring this one up, because for me, storylines and player history is what drives the offseason to be almost as if not more exciting than the regular season. I'm as someone who has followed roster changes and been a part of those for the last five seasons. I can tell you that the offseason for me, a lot of the time is almost more exciting. Thinking about player combinations, how certain players could work with one another, the idea of one player getting kicked off a team and playing against his old roster. That is what has driven or rather driven some of the best Call of Duty moments in history. And the same goes for the NBA, right? ESPN, they're freaking out right now because of how many offseason moves that happened, right? The idea of younger players coming in and taking over. They love that stuff. That's the same way that Call of Duty works. The history, the storylines, the player history, that is what drives so, so much. Now, I'm going to bring up a scenario for you really quick, and I want to see if you recognize who I'm talking about. Remember when this one player who was considered to be the best in the world decided to leave a team that he swore he'd never leave. He joined another roster because there was supposed to be this big team up, and he eventually ended up coming back. It didn't work out. He ended up coming back to his home team and winning a championship for the fan base and the team, and it was considered to be a huge storyline because nobody thought that after so long of fighting that they would ever or that person would ever win a world championship. Does this storyline sound familiar to you? Does the name The King ring a bell to this story? Because that story, in terms of basketball, is known as LeBron James Hunt for a title. But if you're looking at Call of Duty, that story is known as Scump's Hunt for a title. From personalities to roster changes to storylines, the offseason, the list truly goes on. And I could honestly go on for another 30 minutes talking on more similarities. But the reason why I mention all of this is the way that franchising should go about selling the way that it should go about how it wants to make money for the future and how it needs to bounce off of what has been historically known as the driving force behind Call of Duty Esports. Name another esport that could have succeeded for the last five years, six, seven, eight years without having a good game. You couldn't do it. Call of Duty could, but it only did it because of the personalities that drove it. The Jetpack era was so slow for a ton of different people out there, and the reason why that was the case was because of the players. They were the ones that did that. The Optic Dynasty drove the Jetpack era. As much as people want to go back and say, oh my god, we loved Infinite Warfare. No one loved Infinite Warfare. They loved the team that won it, but they didn't enjoy the title itself. Falling in line for me with the NBA creating similar marketing strategies, building off the history and what makes esports so fun to watch isn't necessarily the game for us, right? For Call of Duty esports fans, the game isn't what drives it as the game is constantly changing for every Call of Duty. It's difficult to build around something that is always changing, which is why you have to build it off the players. You always have to change it because you can be a fan of a, of a Call of Duty title. You can be a fan of Call of Duty, but the biggest problem is that, you know, sometimes we don't have hard point. Sometimes we don't have domination. Sometimes we don't have the same game modes from year to year. The identity of Counter-Strike always remains the same. The identity of League of Legends always remains the same. Call of Duty, it evolves. It changes. It's different. Which is why you have to build around 
the driving force. I believe Call of Duty has some of the best stories and holds some of the best personalities as no game, like I said, could thrive the way that it has for so long and has without what is considered by the Call of Duty fans as a good title. But what has driven that is personalities and storylines. Franchising is important, my friends. Obviously for the future of Call of Duty Esports, and I hope that it realizes that a sport very similar to it in basketball and in the NBA has helped prepare a course that can help it thrive for a year full of what I would consider to be uncertainty. That's that's the way that I see it. And that's those are just a few similarities that I see between Call of Duty and the NBA. And I think that you can take a lot of the key components that the NBA has ran through. I think you can kind of take um, you know, them kind of as the as the test, as the test dummy, and kind of learn from the way that they have adapted their game because I think that Call of Duty is way more similar to it than people realize. So that, that kind of does it for me today. I wanted to bring this up because this has been something that I've been thinking about for a very long time. I'm obviously a huge fan of the NBA for those who have kind of known myself or even follow me on Twitter. They know I'm a massive fan of the NBA and obviously an even bigger fan of Call of Duty. But I just started to notice the similarities between the two. And now that they're both going to be, by definition, franchised, I think that there are a lot of key components that Call of Duty can take from it because they work incredibly similar so like i said we talked about call of duty's comparison to the nba we talked about cod mobile for a little bit uh we talked about the new guaranteed rosters that are in fact finalized in terms of london and new york i got to hear from you guys a decent amount which is great and um what i'm, I'm looking at the chat right now uh we see aston underscore ca says i agree i think chicago number one uh optic la number two chicago is uh, better lg and LA Optic is the same as Hunter T, in my opinion. Okay, some, I like that. I, I like where we're kind of going with with the with the team conversations, and hopefully we can kind of keep that up as time goes on and kind of throughout the uh, what the next few weeks we'll be having more teams begin to announce, and we can kind of compare, put them where uh, you know we need to where we kind of need to be at, right? In terms of where teams are going to lie at, where they're going to exist, we want to try to bring them up in the uh, in the best way possible and start to kind of compare these rosters, maybe kind of get somewhat of a of a um. A list going in terms of maybe power rankings, etc. But like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this week, this episode of the reload. Uh, if, like I said, if you guys maybe joined in a little bit late, if you're even joining us just right now, we apologize for that. But you can feel free to check out my Twitter at Lando, or you can check out our Twitter at Prediction with two E's on Twitter as well. We'll be giving you guys links to um, the. Uh, iTunes link for obviously the podcast. You guys can check us out on Spotify, on YouTube as well. We'll be having all of those links provided on Twitter in case you just want to find it in a nice little wrapped up package. We'll have it there for you guys. But thank you so much for tuning in for this week. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you are, like I said, just joining us for the first time, you can catch us the exact same time next week, Tuesday, 1230 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. And this has been The Reload.